Our gospel reading puts before us two radically different understandings of greatness. We begin with a couple of the disciples, James and John, coming up to Jesus and asking a question. Teacher, will you do whatever we ask of you? And when I first read the gospel passage this week, I chuckled at this question because it sounds a little bit sly, doesn't it? Before we ask you our question, promise us that you'll do what we want. Sort of know about these questions from my eight and nine-year-old boys. And Jesus, like a good parent, he responds to the question with a clarifying question. What is it that you want, right? What is it that you want? Notice he doesn't say, sure, I will, I'll do whatever. But what is it that you want? And what James and John want, it seems, to put it in our language, is to be rich and famous. They know Jesus is a great leader. They've heard him talking about the kingdom, and it sounds pretty great too. So they would like a piece of some of this greatness that seems to be going around. But Jesus says, you don't really understand what it is that you're asking for. And he asks them that puzzling question, are you able to drink the cup, be baptized with the, the baptism that I am baptized with? And what he's talking about there, if it seems a little cryptic, is his death. Jesus is talking about his approaching death. Can you share in that with me? Now we know that as we continue reading Mark's gospel, picking up from here, we know that Jesus is going to be killed on a cross. And he's going to have one person on his right and another person on his left. But James and John don't yet know that part of the story. It hasn't happened yet. So when they ask to be on his left and his right, they're imagining, you know, fantastic thrones, what we might think of as corner offices near the executive in prestigious institutions. But the people that are next to Jesus, his left and right, will be nailed to crosses just like he is. So James and John, in other words, are after that kind of greatness that comes with power and superiority. Jesus, on the other hand, is calling them into greatness that comes only through pouring yourself out in loving service. Two kinds of greatness. And I think it's worth noticing that Jesus doesn't scold James and John. These are his friends. He loves them. And he doesn't tell them to lose their ambition. Do you want, we can imagine Jesus saying, do you want to make a difference in the world? And do we want to have an impact on other people? Jesus can work with that. Good, good. But first, he has to turn our understanding of greatness upside down. Because fame and power in the kingdom of God can never look like greatness at the expense of others. The pagan rulers of Jesus' day were all about staying in power at the expense of others. Subdue, control, conquer. There's not enough greatness to go around for everyone, so stomp on anyone who gets in your way. And I'm pretty confident that I do not need to spell out the ways in which this idea 
is not sequestered off to the halls of antiquity. It's still very much alive and well in our own city, in our own world. We're enculturated into this kind of greatness. That if you want to do something great, you need to achieve it by rising higher than other people. But Jesus is saying to us this evening: if you want to be great, if you want to leave your mark, you want to make a difference in someone's life. Good, good. Become a servant to others. Pour out your life for the sake of others. Give your life away. Lose it. And save your soul. And you know, it turns out that we have celebrities in the church, and I'm not talking about televangelists or you know megachurch pastors. I'm talking about the saints. The saints. You can kind of see them back behind the high altar there, those surrounding Jesus. These saints were slaves of Jesus Christ, poured themselves out for His sake. These were the. Happy ones who raise the celebrity of Jesus and His way of love. So, if we want to be great, become a saint. We must lose our power-hungry ego, bring all of our striving for recognition and success, lay it down at the foot of the cross, the world's true throne. And then strive first and only for the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus means. Whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. And that sounds like a tall order, doesn't it? Because it is. It's a tall order. Greatness in the kingdom of God demands our soul, our life, our all. And what I hope to convey in that challenging message is actually the attraction of that great calling to be a saint. But I worry if we hear this and we despair because it's such a challenge to live like a saint. But take heart, take heart, because the disciples in the gospel stories—they are at least as inconsistent as you and I, at least. But they kept listening to Jesus. They kept listening to this calling to come into the kingdom way of life. And that calling is not to perfection; it's to persistence, to sticking with it, staying close to Jesus, keeping at it. And the good news, friends, is that Jesus never gives up on the disciples in the biblical stories or on us. His friends, he's patient, and he is kind. He looks at us, and he loves us. And to be sure, he never softens or sugarcoats the call. He just doesn't in our scriptures. But he patiently calls us back to himself. So tonight, let's keep listening to the call. Let's follow him. Stick with Jesus. And learn again to pour ourselves out in love. It's the only way to greatness.